Stream the show on demand at KetchikanRadio.com. Michelle here with the Greater Ketchikan Chamber of Commerce for Business Matters Monday. And a lot is on the docket today, but as usual, up first, we have our friend Dave from the governor's office. Hello, how are you? Well, long time since we've chatted, Michelle. Good to be with you. Exactly. Well, you know, we had Southeast Conference in town, and um, I'm able to fit in the show today uh, just because flying out for the State Chamber Conference in Fairbanks a little bit later today. So, uh, yeah, it's that it's that time of year. So how goes it in the governor's office? We missed him at Southeast Conference. Well, yeah, I, I, I know that there was uh, some scheduling challenges. The nice thing is we were able to get... Uh, uh, Commissioner Ryan Anderson down there to talk a lot about the uh, marine highway system. And, of course, right now we're dealing with the aftermath of the uh, typhoon that hit about a 1,000 miles of coastline along western Alaska. I know. I saw those photos. That, uh, that wow. And that was unusual. You know, that, that's the highly unusual storm for this time of the year. And it looked to be, you know, they get a lot of storms up there, but the flooding was just tremendous. Yeah, and, and so it, it hit, for folks who, who didn't know, it, it hit over the weekend. I think it was a Category 4 typhoon, uh, and that, that, that is the extent of my uh, meteorological information on, on how those things are classified. But we have uh, thus far, uh, while there is some obvious infrastructure damage, homes, roads, uh, it appears that the vast majority of the airports have remained intact, so we're able to get uh, personnel and material in and out. Uh, from what I understand, regular scheduled air service to those communities, aside from some brief halts over the weekend, many of those are operating. There, there are a few villages in which the, the runways uh, either have debris on them or there's been some erosion or they're still doing a safety evaluation. Many of the runways uh, lost their, their uh, the runway lights, so most of the flight operations are going to be limited to daylight operations in some of the communities. Uh, the governor is out in western Alaska right now. The uh, American Red Cross declared that this is a uh, level four emergency, which means folks can contribute directly to the recovery efforts across Western Alaska, and I have some contact info for that. No, please, please do share it. You know, that's the one cool thing about Alaska, and you and I have both lived a lot of different places, but the cool thing about Alaska is people are so generous and people really do take care of each other. Yeah, so if you if you text Red Cross to 90999, that's texting Red Cross to 90999, uh, the funds uh, that you donate to the Red Cross will be used exclusively here in the state of Alaska to help Western Alaska recover from that storm. Uh, the, the other things that are going on, and, and there's been a lot of this on, on social media, but in, in the governor, people wanted to know why the, the governor didn't declare an emergency immediately. There, there is nothing that prohibits or impedes 
responsive elements of the guard, of, of troopers, of the Coast Guard, or anything from dealing immediately with the crisis at hand. The, the disaster declaration is a, a process to free up recovery funds. And so that, that was done over the weekend. And then there, there's some confusion on asking for federal a federal uh, emergency declaration. The, it is far more than a governor unilaterally asking uh, the president to declare uh, a disaster. Since there was, fortunately, no loss of life out in western Alaska, uh, FEMA sends a team to evaluate and determine whether or not the region qualifies for a federal disaster. And, and that will take some time, and usually what happens then is there's backfilling of funds to the state of Alaska and other local governments. Uh, there may be some additional assets that are sent from the feds, but most certainly, whether, whether it, it takes a few days or a few weeks, and usually those things take a few weeks for the formal uh, evaluation and to get those dollars flowing, the recovery and response efforts are already underway in, in most areas of the state impacted. It's just a, uh, I mean, when, when you talk about, for example, a hurricane hitting parts of Florida, it's a very localized uh, event, a very localized incident. We're, we're talking about a thousand miles of coastline impacted large communities, small communities, and, and so the, the scale and scope uh, with no roads, uh, a lot of the necessary infrastructure damaged or needing evaluation, it, it, it is, it's just a completely different animal than what folks may be accustomed to seeing uh, during hurricane season out on the East Coast. Absolutely. And here's the other thing that I, I immediately, having lived in Florida uh, for several years myself, um, the thing that I that came to my mind is, okay, so if you're in Florida and you have a hurricane go through, you know, your roof comes off, trees go down, blah, 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 you lose power, you're not necessarily in a situation where it's freezing cold and icy outside. And this is right around the corner for a lot of these or most of these communities that were impacted here in Alaska. So, I mean, to me, it's almost like a double whammy. So you've got the destruction, you've got the flooding, you've got the infrastructure damage. And so there's people's homes and infrastructure in the communities. But uh, winter is literally right around the corner. Uh, I, I, but, I'm baffled as to where these folks are going to go because I, I can't see how any rebuilding is going to be able to take place that fast, especially in those remote areas. Well, and, and that is that is the, the big challenge, isn't it? it we, we, when you consider the amount of timber, of lumber, of sheetrock, of insulation uh, at a at a perfect time of the year. Moving that material out in a large scale quickly would be a logistics challenge. And then you accurately point out that the freezing season is about two to three weeks away. And oh, by the way, the supply chain uh, management issues that have plagued this nation since COVID continue. And, and, and now, it, it, let's say you have all the money in the world. We have all the guards, C-17s and Herc standing by to move material out to rural Alaska. You still have to source it. You still have to find the building uh, materials, the, the, the pipe for, for, for fuel tank farms or for freshwater sewer systems. 
that is is also an enormous part of, of this uh, recovery effort that we be underway, and and we're going to see you know, here over the next few days what the availability is, what role the, the federal government can have to assist the state uh, in, in in making these communities as whole as quickly as possible, and, and it may be a two tier approach. I mean, I just don't know. There there will be. Um, you know, temporary uh, a sort of response, winter hits, and then in the spring, more of the long-term uh, formal rebuilding would probably be completed. I don't think anybody is under any delusion that this can all happen in three to four weeks, but most certainly we're, we're doing everything we can at our level to facilitate it as best we can. Well, and the, hey, the other thing that, that uh, crossed my mind as well is that there are many, many folks who live in those areas who live a subsistence lifestyle. So they've spent the summer fishing, hunting, you know, packing away stuff in the freezer. That's their food for the winter um, and beyond. And I can't imagine that much of that was either uh, severely damaged or destroyed and re- rendered unedible. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, this this is it's it is a comprehensive uh challenge that, that are facing many communities in, in rural Alaska, and that's why, you know, between the Red Cross uh, designating this specifically as, as a, a Category 4 disaster where you can donate funds, uh, you've already seen some nonprofits and other emergency recovery groups from across the country begin to fly in food. Uh, the, the, uh, the, the state of Alaska here in the next uh, few days, I mean, we'll, we will have a website in which communities can report damage and begin the grant application process. Uh, it, it, you know, it's, it's interesting. It's not like we, we don't have experience with this between COVID, between the earthquake, between wildfires, between seasonal flooding. Uh, the, the state of Alaska is, is yeah, pretty regularly is on the cusp of one sort of natural disaster or another. But when you look at the, the sheer scale of this, like I said, a thousand miles of coastline, it, it's a little bit different animal. And, and fortunately, no one appears to have been seriously injured. No one appears to have lost their lives. And so it's like the governor said, this is just stuff that we need to acquire and get out to these areas as quickly as possible to help folks get ready for the winter. Well, and I'm going to I'm going to give a little plug here. And I I can't remember if you and I talked about this many, many, many moons ago. But uh, Rotary, of which I'm a part of uh, statewide. uh, But there's a gentleman up in Fairbanks who around the state is is a well-known water expert. And so he consults with a lot of communities. But anyway, he has gotten together with a couple of different other organizations, engineers and so on and so forth. Long story short. They have uh, invented, for lack of a better term, a device that can be helicoptered into these remote communities. And this device has the ability, then they've tested it, they've flushed it out and everything. This device has the ability to take water from rivers, uh, and I think the ocean, I could be mistaken, but rivers uh, and and unclean or non-potable water sources and make it completely pure for drinking and the reason they came up with that solution is one of the communities and i can't remember but it was it was up there somewhere um a couple of years ago they they lost their water uh filtration plant so the the community had absolutely no source of clean water for drinking 
And so they invented this thing. And as opposed to uh, the state or various nonprofits flying in just billions of water bottles, you know, little water bottles, uh, they were able to make the water on site. And, um, you know, when you're flying in water bottles, then you're kind of dependent upon the weather. You know, of course, this time of year, it's difficult to fly sometimes or much of the time. And so it's a really genius uh, kind of uh, thing. And uh, Dave, I'll send you an email with this guy's contact information. Uh, it's not a it's not a for sale item. It's my understanding uh, that Rotary is actually doing this as a statewide uh, service project for remote communities that are affected. So I'll have to send you his information in, in case any of those communities have a need. Well, and, and, and that's why pri- one of the priorities is power. Uh, power uh, operates uh, a lot of the, the, the freezers uh, in, in these communities. And, and so you're seeing uh, a, a real push to get both AVAC or State of Alaska or other resources of, of linemen out to these communities to get the power up and going, which is going to facilitate, you know, water purification treatments, uh, sewage systems. It, it, it just, in, in, in many cases, we're trying to do everything as quickly as possible. Most All of these communities have to be reached by air uh, with, with already some challenging infrastructure. So, yeah, these... I, Send me that, and I'll pass it along to the uh, Emergency Response Command Center. Exactly. That would be, you know, I mean, and, you know, to illustrate, in case folks, if you missed it over the weekend, I read an article about a uh, Chinese cargo plane, uh, Boeing 777, that had to land, I forget the name of the community, but an incredibly thin and short runway. And either they were running out of fuel or they were trying to skirt the typhoon, I can't remember which, but they were able to land literally, um, if you can imagine parking your car in the tightest parking spot possible, uh, they had to actually have someone go out and on the, on the runway in the community and guide the pilot so that the wheels wouldn't fall off the side of the runway because the plane was that large. It was not built for this size of a plane to land. Uh, and so, you know, just another kind of just kind of a segue there, but uh, interesting, challenging uh, conditions uh, in infrastructure out there, and I, I really wish them the best. Um, so why don't you why don't you give us that that text information again in, in case folks want to donate? Yeah, for folks who who want to help, you can text uh, Red Cross to nine zero nine nine nine. That's Red Cross to nine zero nine nine nine. And the funds that you provide to the American Red Cross will be used directly in the recovery efforts in western Alaska. Perfect. Perfect. All righty. Well, prayers prayers go out to those folks for sure. Got anything else that the, the governor's up to? I mean, this is probably all-encompassing for him right now. No, we've kind of been buried in this. Tomorrow the dividend comes out, uh, Michelle. Uh, but I, I unfortunately have to hop off because, as you can imagine, we've got a lot going on. All right. Hey, thanks so much. We'll talk to you next week. Cheers. All right. Bye-bye. All right, there you go. Uh, feel free to help out those folks in Western Alaska. What a terrible, terrible predicament to be in. Hey, so while we wait for our next caller, uh, I'll tell you what, we've got a lot of stuff happening at the chamber this Wednesday, this Wednesday at noon up at the Cape Fox Lodge. Join us for lunch uh, and the Borough Assembly and Mayoral Candidate Forums. And so we will have that live right here on KTKN in case you can't get away from work. Uh, it will be streaming at catchcanradio.com. 
as well as our friends at KPU TV live stream that as well. So that should be a very lively forum and lots of interest in the local elections this year, in particular this one. So it will be a combination of those running for the borough assembly as well as running for the obviously lone seat available for the mayor position for the borough. Now, next Wednesday, next Wednesday, we'll be up at the Cape Fox Lodge again at noon, and that will be the city candidate uh, forum. And so that will will round it out for us. We're also trying to work uh, with the uh, State House candidates, and they're going to be hosting a forum, it's my understanding, October 12th at 6.30 at uh, the Ted Ferry. And so we'll be a part of that as well. So put those on your calendar. Lots of stuff happening with local elections uh, this year, and uh, those elections taking place October 4th, of course. And speaking of electing, not really electing, but how about nominate? Nominate someone or an organization or a business uh, to get one of our community awards. That is right around the corner. It's the 2022 Community Awards, Citizen of the Year, Business of the Year, Entrepreneur of the Year, Emerging Leader of the Year, you name it. And that is always a wonderful set of awards. So we'd like to have a lot of nominations this year to choose from. And you can get those nominations form over at the catchcanchamber.com website. Now, here's the thing. In case you're shy, there's a caveat when you want to nominate someone or organization. You're going to have to take a little video talking about why you nominated those folks. Use your phone, and there's some directions from our friends over at KPU TV, and they will uh, help you out. And so basically what we need is a short video, a minute or less, of you talking about why you're nominating that person or the organization or business for that award. And if you're shy, well, Get a friend to do it for you. So you can say, hey, this is Jan Smith uh, on behalf of Michelle O'Brien, who nominated blah, blah, blah for Citizen of the Year. And so that's great. We're also very uh, grateful for our sponsors for those awards, specifically the Citizen of the Year would be Optimum Health and Wellness. So there's really cool First Bank Business of the Year, these Alaska Airlines Emerging Leader of the Year, the Ward Cove Entrepreneur of the Year, uh, and so on and so forth. So, uh, oh, KPU's Emerging Leader of the Year. So, um, actually, it's the Alaska Airlines Exemplary Community Service Awards. <laughs> Boy, I just screwed that whole thing up, didn't I? So that's over there. And what is also over at catchcanchamber.com is the ability to sign up to be on the board of directors. So let's talk about this a little bit. Uh, you're like, I don't, I don't need to be on another board. It takes too much time. I have too much work. I'm going to end up being roped into something that takes a whole bunch of time. We don't work like that. We like for our board to have a good uh, life balance, if you will. And so we're pretty strict. President Ben Edwards is pretty strict about having our board meetings, which are once a month, last no more than one hour. And uh, so basically you have the choice of how involved you would like to be. Uh, If you want to help out a whole lot, like on events or policy or something like that, you're welcome to do that. But if you're really busy, as many people are serving on multiple boards, you don't have to do that. So there's really no requirement except for your participation. We have a really diverse, diverse board of directors, and we'd like to see that diversity grow even more. So we'd invite you to apply and those election ballots will be out very soon. 
And so with that being said, you know, I, I always I always think, uh, you know, if someone says to me, ah, uh, can you be on the board here? I'm like, oh, boy, I don't want to. I'm already on like four boards. Why do I? Why? Why? Why would I want to do that? Well, you know what? This is important. And um Again, we try to be very respectful of your time and your other obligations that you might have. So it's really it's really not as involved as some folks may think. And we've got a lot of stuff happening right around the corner. Of course, I'm headed to Fairbanks for the uh, State of Alaska Chamber Conference this week. Whoops, that's our next caller. Good morning. You are on First City Forum. Hey, this is Karina Wood. Hey, how are you? And hey, I'm good morning. Yep, Chamber Member Gateway Games on the line, and this is really cool. You guys are having, you guys are having a big event, and we were kind of chatting over the weekend about what what it is, and what. So why don't you spill the beans? Because apparently this is something really popular that you guys are bringing back to Ketchikan right now. So um, it is the board game Catan. Um, it is hugely popular all over the world, actually. And I didn't realize that it was already popular in Ketchikan until we kept selling out of it, like, oh. at an insane rate. Oh, wow, that's cool. All right, so, you know, if you say to someone, oh, it's the board game Monopoly, people basically know. Uh, okay, so maybe I'm dating myself, whatever. Explain how the game works. Okay, so um, just this weekend, actually, I played uh, a Catan and, oh, it's like, it's part resource management, it's part building where you spend your resources to make roads and towns and settlements. The interesting thing about the game is it's completely over when somebody has 10 points. Really? So if you can, yeah. If you can figure out how to steal points or something from someone else, just in one turn you could totally gain two or three points, flip the game around, and you win. Okay, so like if we're talking Monopoly, you know, basically, you know, you're going to be sitting down for two or three hours in a Monopoly game at the minimum. And uh, we've had some Monopoly marathons at our house. But uh, how long does a typical game last? Because I'm interested now because this is cool. It's almost like a Chamber of Commerce game, kind of, sort of. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, the, in theory, it takes about an hour. If there's somebody learning the game, um, you might want to bump it to an hour and a half. But I've heard of games that are over in like 45 minutes because somebody has a strategy and they're just got that filler instinct and they go to town. All right. So you were saying that if you steal someone's points, is this like, I don't know, is this like um, going in and taking over another country or something? I, you know, I, I don't understand. Wait, I'm going to go steal your resources. I'm, I'm, I'm getting your, I'm, I'm going to grab all your fresh water from whatever you built over there. I, I, I'm a little confused. Well, actually, um, the weird thing about it is the beginning of your turn, you roll dice. And then if you happen to be sitting on a resource with that dice, everyone who is sitting on that number um, gets the resource. They get the, um, the, the resources. But since it's your turn, you're the only one who can use it. Oh. Uh, there are things you can do to, like, move, like, um, <laughs> the way I lost spectacularly this weekend. I had such an amazing plan. Somebody rolled a seven, which means they can move the dude onto one of my resources. Because I had more than eight cards in my hand, I had to discard half of them. And then he was able to steal a resource from me directly. Then he built a road 
which now gave him an extra point for having the longest road. <laughs> this so is really cool. I want this game now. <laughs> it's, it's actually, there's, I want to say it's equal part strategy and luck. Because the luck is what's going to get you the resources, but strategy is, you know, knowing how best to use them. That is really, okay, so how much does this game cost? Um, the game itself is, oh, I should have known that one. I think it's 50 to $60. I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, but then there's expansions. You can be in other places. There's people who are in, uh, there's a um, Settlements of Catan Game of Thrones edition that is more, um, there's settlers and traders, there's barbarians, there's all kinds of sub-games within that one game. That sounds really cool. That's a, now, it, this is a board game. And I was going to ask you, because you, Gateway Games has an enormous uh, array of various games and stuff like that. Um, is, are board games coming back now? You know, I have a sneaking suspicion that board games never left. Really? Um, Pre-pandemic, you know, we were located in our old spot and we only had 600 square feet. And so our uh, board game section was actually just kind of tetris in to take up the smallest amount of space po possible. But even then, we still had hundreds of games. Um, and we always sold them, maybe, you know, not a ton of them, but a fair amount. And then uh, we moved over to our new location um, over by the tunnel, and there's just, like, all of our games spaced out so you can see the artwork. And like I was saying with Catan, we got four copies of Catan in one Tuesday. We literally sold out of them within 24 hours. Holy smokes. Now, if you if I come in, and again, they're located right on the corner there, uh, literally next to next to the tunnel, kind of next to Michael's Nail Salon right there on, mm -hmm. on Front Street. If I come in and you're out of the game, you can order, right? Oh, absolutely. If we don't carry a game you want, we're more than happy to special order it for you. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, you know, I, I, I love, I, so I love your store. And one of the things that my family has done, and, and now we don't do it anymore because my, my girls are grown, um, you know, 25 and 28 years old. But uh, for years and years, every every Christmas, it was the family got a board game, a new board game. And we would have uh, Sunday night dinners would always be, you know, we're, we're going to do Scrabble or, you know, call us a traditionalist or whatever. I have a feeling we would play this game too. Um, but we would have, we would pull out the board game and, you know, sit around Sunday dinner and play these games. And to, and we just haven't done that. And I was actually thinking about you yesterday because I'm having some work done on my house uh, this week. And so I was instructed to pull out, you know, pull out all of your knickknacks, um, which included a drawer full of all of these board games. And mm -hmm. I, I agree with you. I don't think board games ever, ever went away because people still like them. Years ago, when I had my Airbnb, I always kept board games, uh, a variety of board games in, in the Airbnb. And that was one thing in the comment book that people always said uh, that they really, and, and it didn't matter if they were family or a group of friends or a couple or whomever, they always said that they appreciated the board games. So I'm with you that board games are still in. But you guys also carry a bunch of other types of stuff. So give us a 411 on that. 
Well, um, we do. So the, the way I joke is it's board games, dice games, book game, miniature games, nothing that goes beat. So we have party games and dice games and all the board games. We have the largest independent role-playing game section in the state of Alaska. Really? We have a huge, yeah. I mean, like, literally hundreds of independent published games. And uh, most of these we've managed to buy directly from uh, the people who invented the game. So the money went into the artist's pocket. It went into the author's pocket. Um, it didn't, you know, it wasn't some mass-published thing. Um, we have a large uh, D&D section. We have our miniature section. This is another thing that I didn't think was very popular. It ended up taking over its own room. Um, cute little miniatures. There's these things called mouselings that are about the size of your, like, half of your thumb that are just mice dressed up in cute little costumes, and then you paint them different ways that you want them to look. Um, there's the Warhammer miniatures game, uh, which is surprisingly huge. Uh, the hardest part is actually getting them to all show up in the same place on the same day at the same time. <laughs> you um, Now, listen, I, I was going to say, the, the one thing that I've always noticed, uh, just because I kind of keep track of you guys, is you guys have a lot, let's call it a game night. You guys do a lot of game mm -hmm. nights or game days, right, in the store, don't you? Oh, absolutely. We have two to four tables up. Um, at any time, you can come in and, and play a game. If you play Magic the Gathering or Pokemon, the tables are always open for that. We actually have a little closet of games that you can just borrow right then and there at the store. Like, you don't have to pay any money to hang out. What we want to do is we want to build a gaming community. Uh, we want to teach the younger kids not just how to play the games, but how you play games. Like, how do you properly interact with other human beings? Um, <laughs> That's awesome. And also, hey, folks, that's a great diversion from a myriad of other uh, less illustrious activities that youth could be uh, taking part in, right? <laughs> Absolutely. That was part of why we opened the store, um, or we took over the store in 1999. My husband graduated here, and when he was in high school, you had options. You could sneak into a bar and drink, and you could go out into the woods and drink, or maybe you could play D&D or some other game. And so he decided to build a place where you could consciously choose to not drink and to do other things instead. So alcohol and drugs, not allowed. If you're under the influence, come back when they're sober, pick up another game. We have tons of games that you can play at the bar. You just can't bring the bar to our store. <laughs> I like that. I like that. So say if someone's listening over in Metlakatla or POW or, or they're streaming this online, can, can, can they call the store, give you a credit card, and you'll send them a game? I will do more than that um, because I hate how much stores cost to um, ship things to Alaska. If you're already in Alaska, I will do the shipping free. Wow. All righty, that's cool. Well, I'm going to have to come in and see you guys. Uh, this is awesome. Now, you've got this event. When is this event coming up? Well, the Catan is, the, we're calling this one a practice tournament. Um, it's only $10, and it's this Saturday at 2 o'clock. So if you want to learn how to play Catan in a tournament setting, or you just want to learn how to play Catan, this is the perfect time to come in. We're actually going to do this again in the spring. And whoever wins in the spring will actually qualify to go down to the nationals, 
uh, Catan tournament this summer. <laughs> That's awesome. Where's that at? Oh, it's in, I want to say, Illinois. Why would they choose choose Illinois? I would have been like, hey, our Catan tournament is in Vegas. Well, anyway, that's me. No, I have the same question. Like, (laughs) yeah, I don't know. That's awesome. Okay, real quick, remind folks of where the store is. And you guys also have a Facebook page. That kind of goes without saying here in Catch Can. But where's the store at again? The physical location is by the tunnel directly across the street from the Eagle. Uh, we're at the basement of the uh, Mason Temple uh, next to Michael's Nail. Uh, you can call us at 225-GAME, which is 4263. We also have a Discord channel, and we're pretty active on our events on Facebook. Yay. Awesome. Thank you so much, and I appreciate you taking the time to call in. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's been a blast. Okay. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Well, that sounds fun. I want to I wanna learn how to play that game. Um, it, it, it's very interesting because in the eighth grade, uh, where I grew up in Columbus, Ohio, uh, our economics teacher actually had a game that he called Clug. And we had to play that game. It was the community land use game. And it was all about building the communities, the infrastructure, the roads, and, and all sorts of stuff, and industries. And it was kind of like economic development. And so for a whole semester, we would play this Clug game uh, that he had uh, just dreamt up and and it was really cool and it was really fun so now I'm very interested in this Catan game so now uh, we are waiting uh, breathlessly for uh, a good friend of ours and brand new chamber member Alaska Yukon tours and Nate is a good friend I've known him for years but surprisingly, he also owns a company called Airline Doctors. And so that's where he kind of got his start, where he works with uh, airlines in, in Hawaii. Con- I would say uh, ones that are a little bit bigger than, say, like a Taquan Air. But uh, they build out the websites for the airline reservation systems and then also the marketing and stuff like that. Real real genius of a guy. And now he has started his own uh, tour company. Um, I would call it more of a travel agency to a certain degree because he really goes in fact I'm so jealous the guy took two cruises in the last two weeks because what he does is he goes and he tries all of the tours so he was in Ketchikan and going through our local tours so that when people call him who are traveling from outside of Alaska to Alaska he can say yeah I, in fact, I know for a fact he was at the Lumberjack Show last week. I went to the Lumberjack Show. That's a good, that's a good one. You should, you should go to that. Or I went on the Alamarine Tour. That's a good one. You should go on that. And so he's a really, really good source of information. But here's the secret. He's also an amazing source of information if you are looking to put together something out of state, uh, just making this up. Like, let's say you've never, you've, you have never taken a cruise before. Uh, maybe you thought, well, I, I'll, I would like to take a cruise to Mexico, or I'd like to t- take a cruise in Europe, or, or something like that. Uh, Vietnam, Thailand, wherever you want to go, he can kind of guide you through that process and make sure that you pick the best package and, and everything else. And so that's that's a really cool thing. Now, what he's doing for you chamber members out there is he is dropping a sneak peek sale today and uh, there's some special deals on that so back to what we were talking about before 
<clears throat> Lots of stuff happening at the chamber. I'm headed up to the state chamber conference in Fairbanks for this week. So we will have a limited office hours, although Grow Catch Can will be in office. If you don't know where the chamber's at, we are on the second floor of the plaza above Wells Fargo. And Grow Catch Can is in-house, meaning they keep their office within hours. And so you can stop in and see Deborah if you need help with a business plan or something like that. Good morning. You are on First City Forum. Hi, Nate. We were just talking about you behind your back. Hi. Good deal. Sorry. Just on the phone with uh, one of the other reps uh, from All America Princess. Oh, great. So we've got another person on the call. Uh, no, they're off. They had to go to a meeting. Oh, oh okay. But, uh, yeah, they, uh, they will be getting some additional PFD discounts for folks, uh, especially Alaskans. Uh, they said probably uh, later tonight or tomorrow. Oh, nice. Now, you mentioned that you were dropping a, a sneak peek out there uh, for chamber members today, uh, which we did. I did send that out. You'll get that in your inbox today, people. Uh, but uh, tomorrow you are unveiling a bunch of specials. Give us give us the 411 on what some of those might look like. Uh, well, we've got some amazing hotel deals uh, for folks. Uh, initially, uh, you know, we've got the Seattle Crown Plaza at the airport, which... You know, sadly, living in Juneau, we have to overnight in Seattle all the time. And so we're going to have some super low rates starting at 95 bucks a night uh, through the winter uh, down there. We've got some cruise deals starting as low as 100 bucks a person. Um, and even an Alaska cruise, still at 299 a person, if you feel like uh, seeing, you know, Alaska from your own backyard and basically from a spa. Because uh, you know, <laughs> that's what you did last week, right? It is, yeah. No, actually, I did it two weeks in a row. Uh, we did the Celebrity Millennium Northbound, which was absolutely amazing. And then uh, we took the Royal Princess. And uh, that woman's a little odd because we still had to wear masks on the ship. And that was because of the cruise tour component and, uh, you know, with COVID fears and whatnot. So it was a little, little challenging to wear a mask on the ship, but it, it was a very, very cool time. Uh, we even got to catch a can, and it was sunny. And uh, that was that was a lot of fun. Well, hey, I've, I, so I was just telling folks, I was sharing with folks when I said we were talking behind your back. Um, so you are able, and I was kind of sharing a little bit about your background. But like, let's say I wanted to uh, plan a trip to Hawaii, or maybe I wanted to go somewhere where I really wasn't necessarily familiar with. You know, um, for example, me, I've never been on a cruise before. Maybe I, I'm not quite sure how to navigate that booking. You're able to help folks do that, right? Uh, yeah, and we. The, the thing is, with travel, it's what you don't know is what's going to affect you. Um, you know, just like yesterday, the TSA lines in Seattle were two and a half hours long, unless you had pre-check or clear, and then you literally walked right through. And, um, you know, we're able to kind of gauge people and give them information that you're not going to find online, you know, especially when it comes to, like, Hawaii. Uh, you know, people aren't expecting the hotels to be three to $400 now. They, they still remember the days of, you know, getting to Hilton for 200 bucks. Um, you know, they, they see these cheap airfare deals, which is great, but then once you get there, you got to stay somewhere. Um, and especially for Southeast Alaska, you know, and, and by means, I also think Delta for this, you know, our airfares are still pretty high for the most part, but people forget that if you just do a price check out of Seattle, you can use miles, especially at a Ketchikan. Uh, I've seen Alaska airs those 5,000 miles one way. And then once you get to Seattle, you can then book a separate ticket, like on American Airlines, which is still ridiculously cheaper than combining 
uh, or the three fare that we might see out of Ketchikan or Juneau, for example, like on Alaska or even Delta. And so we've been able to save travelers just countless hours in time by simply doing a separate ticket where we will have them buy, like Alaska Air down to Seattle and then from Seattle, you know, there's Delta American and everyone else. Uh, even saved uh, one of my clients on Prince of Wales Island, you know, thousands of dollars going to Australia. Uh, because when they would check out a Ketchikan, you know, it was like a $3,000 ticket. And then when we did the searching and, and actually booked it, I think it was like 650 out of Seattle for her versus, uh, you know, again, that, that just that massive amount of money. So we take the travel knowledge we've had and we've er- learned over the past 20 years, and we do our best to help travelers both in and out of Alaska. Uh, people think that we literally just do packages and cruises inbound, but no, we want to get rid of you. We want to send you to Belize <laughs> or Florida or, you know, the Caribbean. Exactly. And, you know, I mean, this is the time of year when people, and that's why I said, hey, Nate, come on, the, be on the show, um, yeah, especially as a new chamber member. Um, you know, this is the time of year when people are thinking about getting out of Dodge and, you know, maybe they're going to go somewhere for the holidays or, you know, they, they just, it's the winter time or maybe they're planning for spring break early or whatever it may be. They're just thinking about planning, especially since the PFD is going to drop tomorrow. And that's when people typically will start planning these things. And so, yeah, no, I agree. And, you know, here's the thing also, which I always thought you you have been a wealth of knowledge, is maybe you just know, folks, that you want to get out of Dodge and you aren't quite sure what or where you want to go. You always seem to have some great recommendations. Uh, You know, and the weather helps with that. You know, when it is raining sideways, it's easy to, you know, look at the weather channel and see that it's, you know, 95 and sunny down in Miami. you know, and again, it's just like kind of nudging people in that direction. Um, you know, we had a client um, in Angoon who thought they wanted to go to an all-inclusive. Uh, but then when we found out why they wanted to go, uh, we found out that actually a cruise was the best deal for them, uh, you know, because they weren't looking for the 24-7 party, essentially. Um, you know, and even just trying to get to Cancun isn't easy or even Belize. Um, you know, and it's... It, it's just, you know, it's good to have someone you can talk to about things versus going online. I mean, Kayak is great, Expedia is great, you know, Cruise.com is great, but you don't get all the intel you would normally get from actually talking to a human who's been there, done that, or has experience with it. So how do people, how do people get in touch with you and give, uh, give your website? Uh, the website we're using is called bookayt.net, uh, just because Alaska Yukon Tours is a mouthful. Uh, so it's bookayt.net, and then our phone number is 907-531-9140. Uh, we are expecting a pretty heavy call volume tomorrow, but uh, we do have a voicemail system, and we do return calls. Uh, but again, we're expecting some PFD rates from both Delta and Alaska Airlines this year. Um, and again, I think we're going to see some deals from Westmark Hotels. Uh, and again, we've got some amazing rates out there you know, that are good for the next two weeks. And, uh, and, yeah, for the chamber members, we'll be getting that email out to them uh, pretty soon uh, with all the deals and what's exactly out there. Sweet. Um, and, then, yeah, the airfare should be public. We think it's either going to be public tonight at midnight or 8 a.m. Eastern tomorrow morning. Nice. Uh, when we see those super cheap airfares. Yep, so there you go. Wake up at 4 a.m., people, if you want to grab the first deals. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, We're going to go quick, too. Thank you so much, Nate. Welcome to the chamber, and we also appreciate your chamber sponsorship. Yeah, yeah, happy to be a member. Okay, have a great day. Bye-bye. All right, thank you. All righty, there you have it. Cool stuff. You know, here's the deal. 
you know, it, that I saw this meme a while ago. Um, we value your, you as a customer. Please be on hold and listen to this 40-minute flute solo. Well, I can tell you from personal experience, Nate and his folks get back to you. And very personalized service. So that's kind of cool. Especially if you're confused, you know, you don't know. Eh, yeah, I'm not quite sure what I'm looking for. Like the story he gave of the person who was thinking that they were going, they wanted to go to like a club med, but really probably a cruise worked better for them. Alrighty, that'll do it for Business Matters Monday. Have a great rest of your week. And don't forget, we are here to help you 24-7. Have a great rest of your week.